Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. In these times of uncertainty and extensive self-isolation, we are redrawing our lives and redefining certain constructs like connectedness. As we each continue to self-isolate and meet the day with new levels of uncertainty, worry, and ambiguity, we can call on resources such as our own strengths to get us through these trying times. According to the Gallup organization, who has done many years of research on this topic, the most effective leaders are those who understand their strengths and behaviors. So if you have ever read Strength Finders or have taken a Clifton Strength survey, you have a resource at your fingertips. As we take this time in the silence and the stillness to look inward, I encourage each of you to reacquaint yourself with your strengths. In each of us is an internal knowing, and our strengths will remind us of that. A strength I am calling on a lot these days is connectedness. And it is the strength that brought me to today's guest. We connected back on February 24th through a LinkedIn post and a comment stream. As we share our learnings and insights in conversation together, I hope to remind you of the power of connectedness more than ever, because things happen for a reason. This we are sure of. Enjoy the conversation. Okay, Ben, why don't you start off by introducing yourself? Sure. So my name is Ben Duick. I am from the Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada area. So a prairie boy born and raised out in this area. And uh, I started a company called Cantera Leadership uh, last year. So I do leadership development. Uh, But more importantly, I have a wife and three kids. I have a 16-year-old daughter, a 10-year-old daughter, and a five-year-old boy. So we spaced them out and have a lot of interesting uh, times because of that. And yeah, a certified Gallup Strengths Coach, which uh, ties into my leadership development work that I do. So that's who I am. Awesome. Thank you, Ben, for, for joining on the podcast today. I, I, um, one of the questions I have to start off uh, for you is about the name of your company, Cantera Leadership. Um, I did a little Googling of Cantera and came up with all sorts of Spanish words and definitions. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the name Cantera Leadership? Absolutely. And it won't be nearly as exciting as a different language that you uh, tried looking up. So this is uh, actually the second uh, time that I've used Cantera in the name of uh, a company that I've started. So about uh, nine years ago, my, my father and I started a company, a property development company. We built some houses and condos uh, nearby. And we were trying to figure out what name we wanted to, to choose for the company. I actually had a different name that I thought was best, but what we did in the midst of trying to figure out our name, we sent out a list of all these possible names to a number of people that we were connected with. I think it was 50 or 60 just personal connections that we had and had them vote on which one they liked the most. And my dad had picked uh, Cantera properties as a name and I didn't really like that one much or it didn't really sit with me, but that came back as one that most people thought provided this kind of feel of professionalism and solid, you know, you'd want your property to have, you know, your house to not fall apart. So we went with that and, and it grew on me. And so I really liked it. And then that, that company uh, is no longer around. And so when I was looking at launching another company, I thought, I really like that. It has a classy feel to it. It, 
it kind of Canterra, I mean, the can part being from Canada kind of can tie together a little bit. And I thought it would provide this uh, professional weight to uh, the company I was starting. So that's kind of where it came from. So no fancy language that the reason why we came up with it, it was just, I, I think my dad just came up with Canterra sounds good. Let's try that. <laughs> Well, I love it because one of the things that I stumbled across when I was researching it was, I think in Spanish, it might be um, a word for quarry. So a place where you go to get stone that you go and then make, um, you know, for foundation. So that's what I thought in, in my own deduction. I was like, oh, he must have chosen that word because it's all about building leaders um, and you need a strong foundation for that. So Man, I got to tie that in now. So I'm going to, I'll credit you on that one, Bill. Well, and there's also, um, I guess there's a Cantera tie to um, football teams or soccer teams, as we might say in, in the U.S. And so um, as I understood it, as I started down this Google rabbit hole of, of Cantera, um, apparently teams or squads on certain uh, football teams are called Canteras. So there's a lot there that we could get into, but I encourage you to, to, to do a little Googling. I'll, I'll do that. Thanks. Um, so you mentioned in your intro and when you and I connected recently, you mentioned that you were a Gallup's strengths coach. Um, yes. Can you, um, for the listeners that may not know about that, um, tell us what that is and, um, and why in your, leadership coaching that you've anchored on that? Sure, yeah, so Gallup, most people know about Gallup because they do a lot of polling and research and chances are wherever you're from, whether Canada, the US or around the world, you've heard about Gallup doing those kind of research things. What a lot of people don't realize is that Gallup also has a very major part of the organization that does this leadership development and business consulting and a portion of that is this Clifton Strengths assessment tool. And this approach and this tool is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies, and it's been around for 20 years or so, the, the, the tool itself. And uh, when I was looking to launch my company in leadership development, I was trying to look at how do I want to, what do I want to add into what I can offer? I have a master's of arts in, in leadership degree, and I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different fields and industries that I could pull into leadership development training, and I've kind of done leadership development for, for over 20 years. But I wanted something that had a little more weight, a little more substance to it. And I took the Clifton Strengths Assessment for the first time probably about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And it just stood out as being this really great way of, of growing in my own self-awareness. And the practicality of, of the tool was something that I really appreciated at that time. So I looked at a lot of different other tools. Some people are familiar with things like DISC or Myers-Briggs and some of those tools. And those are all good tools. But to me, the... Clifton Strengths. I, I, it used to be called just Strengths Finder, so but they've rebranded it to call it Clifton Strengths, based on the guy who founded it, Donald Clifton. Stood out as being the one that I thought would would allow me to provide the best value and impact into the lives of, of leaders and organizations that I work with, and that's why I went and got certified in it. So it's a it's an assessment. You get the results back. You get to see thirty four uh, your your top five talents out of a list of thirty four. You can access the full 34 report if you want as well and see one through 34, but most people are familiar at least with, with their top five if they've taken the assessment. And then those five talents, uh, I use those as kind of the foundation for a lot of the work I do, whether it's coaching or team leadership or even just kind of organizational culture shifts, talking about what, what, are, you, what are you talented at and how do you turn that into a consistent strength? 
Yeah, I appreciate you walking through that. I, I know for me and for many of my teams, this tool has been um, something we've called upon a number of times. I think when you and I um, first connected and chatted, I mentioned to you that I've seen it used um, not only in corporations, but also in nonprofits. And then certainly in my time in the military, we've, we've used it as well. And it's interesting as you as you described, you know, the, the 34, the list of 34, um, and then sort of the top five or the signature themes, um, yeah. as, as they're sometimes called in the report. And I and I think it's um, as we as we sit here and connect today amidst this global pandemic um, and everything that's going on, you talked about how people might use these as a way to kind of navigate. Um, a organizational change as, as a leader and understanding that I pulled up my own strengths, you know, last week when we, when we connected. Um, and it was interesting, even looking at it through the lens of everything that we're going through right now, where, where, even though I've read this report a number of times mm -hmm. with my colleagues, with my clients, with my bosses, with my leaders, the same words linear in, in a linear fashion appear differently to me today. Um, three weeks into working from home, trying to find new ways of um, engaging, connecting, staying productive. Um, I would love for you to maybe share your thoughts on, on, on why that might be, given, given what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, that's a good question because this is one of those kind of times in history that is going to be unique. It's one of those times where we probably don't realize how much, but you know, 50 years from now or 100 years from now, they're going to look back and talk about the pandemic of 2020, the same way that we talk about, you know, 1918 Spanish flu, or do we talk about world wars or, you know, all these different <laughs> significant points in history. This is going to be one of those times because we're seeing things happen around the world that no one has ever predicted would happen. No one has ever seen before. Uh, and so when you start looking at some of those, your talents and kind of how they're described, you're starting to filter them all through a completely different lens than what you ever have before. And so I know your, one of your themes, empathy, for example, that's uh, your top one, that one, you've always been able to have that ability to kind of sense what other people are feeling and, and imagining your, yourself in their lives and kind of putting yourself in their place. But now that is a much more real type of a, a, a an issue that we're dealing with and for you to be able to sense those feelings uh, you have this way a superpower for how you can connect with others and relate to others so when it comes to change whether it's empathy or whatever talent theme someone might have being able to understand what do I bring to the table when we're having this kind of conversation or when we're working through these challenges what what do I bring to the table and what can I do to help others around me it can become a very powerful conversation for all of us to have as leaders, especially because we have that responsibility to use the position that we have for greater good. And so that's, that's where I think that this is all going to come to a, really a head for any leader in this time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fascinating the way um, you call it a superpower. I, I absolutely agree with you. And I know a number of times I've, I've navigated these, these strengths um, with, with people in discussions. And sometimes people feel like empathy is not necessarily something that is associated with, with power. Um, and, you know, in, in, the, in the themes, the signature themes, it does say, you know, you can feel uh, what other people are feeling as if the feelings are your own. Right. And so I'd love to maybe 
drill into this empathy part a little bit here, because I imagine that can be pretty overwhelming for people, whether they know it is their number one strength or not. Um, in your work with, with folks and coaching leaders, um, or frankly, even just talking with family members and friends right now, there, there seems to be um, an abundance, I would say, of, of what, what, what people are feeling right now. How, how are you striking a balance? Um, how, are you, how are you helping others kind of strike that balance too? I mean, I'm navigating these waters. We're all navigating these waters yeah. the same way as things are very much upended. But I would love your, your thoughts as someone who spent a lot of time in this space and advising others. Yeah, and that's a good question. And one of the things that I've kind of really been wrestling through myself, because I'm trying to figure this out too. I don't think anyone really has the perfect answer uh, at this time is, uh, and I'll tie it into another uh, study that Gallup has done around some leadership development. And uh, they actually did this, it was about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and they studied leadership from the followers perspective. And so they went and they talked to uh, about 10,000 different followers and asked them what they needed to see from their leaders. And they had thousands of words come back. But what they did is they kind of captured those words into four kind of main categories, the ones that kind of were thematic uh, towards each other. And the four different words that they came up with, the four different buckets, as you, as you might say, were, were trust, compassion, stability, and hope. That's what followers were asking for from their leaders. And so they didn't go to celebrity leaders. They didn't go to, you know, CEOs. They, they went to the followers. And for me, I've really been working through those four components and trying to figure out how can I implement those into how I influence others and lead others and, and help others, really. So how can I help build trust in my leadership, but also you know, in, in the environment that surround me? Like, just imagine if you can't trust someone, you feel un, uncertain, unstable, right? You can't trust your leader. Just imagine how dramatic that can be if you're in a situation like the coronavirus compassion. I mean, I've seen so many great examples of compassion from companies, from leaders, from people around me. And, and even now for me, trying to figure out how do I do that with my family? Right? How do I show extra compassion to help them feel that they're in a good place as well? And then of course, stability. Everything is un, unstable right now. Uh, if I if I would hear another politician say unprecedented, you know, I that word in a way, it's a great word. Not, no offense to meant for, for anyone there, but it's unprecedented times, right? And so that provides this, this lack of stability and people losing jobs and stuff like that. So even in the midst of not having work, potentially, if, if you're someone who doesn't have that, or if you're a leader in an organization where you might be considering that, even how you talk about that and, and can you provide a foundation? And there's a lot of organizations that have started to up their game and how they're helping their teams to even if they can't give them work, they're still trying to help them by supplementing their income somehow or, or whatever the case might be. And then hope, hope is one of the most powerful things that we can have. And, and especially now there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is hope that we can look for. So as a leader, are you expressing that hope? And then of course, tying it back to the Clifton strengths, that that's where you can start looking at the different themes that you might have, the different talent themes you have and say, how does this theme let me live those four components out? So for empathy, you know, compassion will be a nice one for you to tie together because you just know where people are hurting and how you might be able to reach out and show compassion. And you also have achiever in your list. I'm all your listeners are going to find it all about you here, Bill, but uh, the achiever component, right? Just people, 
an achiever likes to accomplish things and get things done. And, and that can be inspiring. That can give people hope when they see someone who's able to, to accomplish great things, even in the midst of challenge, they can say, Oh, look, Bill's doing it. He's taking care of it. Let's, uh, let's look to him for hope. Yeah, I, th I appreciate you, you, you sharing that perspective and those four, you know, those four key things. Trust was really one that jumped out to me as I, as I listened to you and as, as folks listen to this, you know, I, I've noticed that these past couple of weeks, it's really interesting when you, when you listen to certain things or you hear people talk, your body starts to react differently. You feel, you feel a sense of either release or tension and where we carry anxiety, we carry it in our body. And just the way you said the word trust, I felt an immediate release. I felt like mm -hmm. my shoulders open up a little bit and I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's something that, that people want more of. And, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the other strengths is, is belief. And I, I believe you and I both share that one. Um, and I, and I love the aspect of belief because it's, it's all rooted on our core values and in the absence of certainty and the absence of, um, stability, we, we go to our belief, we go to our belief structures and our core values. And, and one of the things I love that the, you know, the strength finders shares is that your belief makes you easy to trust. Yeah. It also demands that you find work that meshes with your values. Your work yeah. must be meaningful. It must matter to you. So in these times um, where we're all working in different ways and new ways, people are trying to balance this out. You know, belief is one of your strengths as well. Um, how does that show up for you? How is it, how does it help um, keep you stable and trustworthy as a leader? <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a couple different things that come to mind when you ask that question. And one of them for, for me with belief, belief drives a lot of my willingness to sacrifice for either people or, or things or, or circumstances around me that are important, right? So in times like this, where sometimes you need to sacrifice when you have these uncertainties and when you're not really sure what's going on, you need to make sacrifices. And I think that helps build some of that trust that helps people feel stable. Oh, Ben, he's going to they may not say it this way, but deep down inside the trust level builds because they're starting to build this idea of you as a leader. They're someone who's going to do what they, uh, what they value for my sake, for, for the sake of our company, for the sake of our organization, whatever the case is. So I think that is to me, that's how I live a lot of my belief out in these kind of uncertain times because belief you can, when you look to someone with belief, you, you kind of know that they're going to stand true to who they are. And that's what you want from your leader. You want to be able, unpredictable leaders are, are challenging to work for. If you can't know what they're going to be like, now it doesn't mean you can't have a leader who, who's innovative and, and has new ideas, but unpredictable is a little bit more of that negative side of things where you never know what you're going to get, whether they're going to blow up one day at you, whether, you know, whether they're going to be consistent or not. And to me, belief helps drive some of that stability, even for me uh, in how I live out my leadership. Yeah. And I think it's, um, the way you live out your values. I mean, we're all being, we're all seeing examples of this all around us um, every single day, because all of us, I think it's important to name it. Every single one of us is starting out at the same starting line every single morning as we proceed in this. And I had a call the other day with a, with a client and we talked about imposter syndrome. And I yeah. said, you know, I, I kind of threw the possibility on the table that maybe after this imposter syndrome doesn't really exist because who, who is an expert more than anybody else? I mean, we're all going through this together. And, and in some ways that, that gives me hope that 
we have this chance to really live out our values um, in leadership, you know, day, day in and day out. And also knowing that there's, we can't go back. Like there's no way for us to resume or pick back up when we, whatever that looks like, when you, you may go, you may return to an office or a structure or a place, but there's no going back. Um, and I think one of the things I would love to, to read here is from an article that you published on your website, which really spoke to me. Um, it's from the article titled Maximize Your Moments. Um, and I'd like to read from that because this quote over the weekend and early this week gave me a lot of strength. So um, it reads, leadership is all about how we handle each chunk of time we've been given. Leaders constantly have to decide what is most effective course of action. Solid leadership is being able to recognize the moments we have and make the best choice we can. It isn't always about making the right choice, but being aware that our leadership is defined how, by how intentional we are with each moment we have. A moment can be two minutes, two seconds, or even a full morning. The point is, make the most all the time of all the time you have available by being intentional. So I would like to talk about this moment that we're in right now. Um, in this moment, we have time to pause time to slow down, time to reflect. I was speaking with someone earlier today um, and this person said, you know, this is probably the first time in two decades that I've been able to achieve balance. So when we think about the moment that we're in right now and you think about maximizing your moments and you hear that or re hear that article read back to you or reread that article, what does that mean today? Yeah, and, and I love that question because if there's anything that I've noticed in the last couple of weeks since the pandemic began is the way that people are becoming more and more aware of how we are all in this together around the world. And whether you're in the UK, whether you're in Italy, whether you're in China, whether you're in Canada or US, wherever the case is, we're working through similar challenges. And so I've seen people talking on LinkedIn or on other social media channels that, and, and connecting with people and talking to people and encouraging people in ways that they never have before. And so I think when you talk about this moment, this is, like I said earlier, a unique moment. And I love what you talked about, about this time to pause, this time to reflect, a time to really evaluate each of us as, as to who we are, what we hold important, where some of our blind spots might be that we haven't ever really wanted to take time to look at, even if we have had the time in the past, it's, it's a really great opportunity as a leader. And I'm trying to really step into this myself to figure out how really who, who I am, but how do I want to become more about more of who I want to be this gap from where I am right now to the, where, where I want to be. And maybe that's an encouragement for all of us kind of in this moment, where are you right now? And that could be professionally. I mean, it could be. It could be in your family. It could be personally. But where are you right now? And where can you see yourself wanting to be? And that gap is now the opportunity for you to look at that gap and figure out how do I want to address that? And as a leader, how do you want to address your leadership gap? How do you want to address your, your gap in your family? Maybe you haven't been a, uh, you know, a good father, good husband, good wife, whatever the case is, as the way that you want to be. And now is a good time to start looking at that. I'm worried 
as well, because I know that uh, I, I heard it, this is anecdotal. I don't know how accurate this is, so maybe I shouldn't share this statistic. But someone told me the other day that the, that the divorce rate in, in China from the, the pandemic there, now we're a few months uh, after they kind of saw the major part of it, is up 25%. Because you're spending this time now in close quarters with people and that can also be hard. And so I'm worried a little bit as much as I've really seen this amazing human connectedness happening. There's also going to be some challenges that we're going to need to work through. So take the time to really figure out who do I want to be and how do I want to grow through it and hopefully avoid some of those really hard times that some people are experiencing. Yeah, I, I so appreciate you. You sharing that insight and that perspective and even that worry. I mean, we, we have worries. Um, you know, people I think are, are navigating those worries and those hopes. Um, I was on a wonderful call this morning with someone, um, I really, really mentor and, or I, I, he, he is a mentor to me rather. And one of the things that he said was, um, take this opportunity to ask yourself who you want to be a year from now. So That's to great. your point, right, which is when we look back and say March, April of 2020, um, who was I then and, and who do I want to be looking back on it? And so if it's a matter of, for, for example, connectedness, right, you talked about the importance of connecting. If, if I want to look back and say I was, I, I was proud that I connected with people, I was proud that I um, was able to give people um, assurance or give people a sense of certainty or in some cases i was you know there may be people who are like i'm proud that i made a meal and dropped it off i'm proud that i made a donation to an organization um however it is um that you want to look back at this time right. and say that's what was the resounding thing that um, i'm proud of and i think that's where the connectedness part it, it is fascinating you see these communities on linkedin you see people you know setting up Zooms to just connect with each other, um, to hold open yoga sessions, to hold mm -hmm. grief counseling. Um, you know, some of, the, some of the most powerful podcasts I've been listening to as of late is with Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown, who does a mm -hmm. lot of the shame research. And she did one recently with um, a gentleman who's, you know, does a lot of grief counseling. And that's one of the things I really appreciated was the fact that there are people that are used to doing things in person and to your point, we are taking the opportunity to innovate and create and find ways to connect. Um, it may not be the the hundred percent experience that we want, but I think in these days, you know, uh, a 70, 80 percent experience is is really a gift um, in in all of this isolation. And you know, the connectedness part I think goes back to to even the 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 drive for achiever, you know, feeling connected implies certain responsibilities. And I think it's important to also say to those listening, and I've had to say this to myself that you got to be kind to yourself and you have to be graceful yes. and not overdo the sense of um, responsibility and obligation during these times, because you can do that. You can overwhelm, um, you can um, oversaturate, you can get compassion fatigue. These are things that I think it takes, it takes time to explore. Um, for those people that might be bumping up against a little bit of that over, you know, over connectedness or compassion fatigue or trying to figure out how to navigate these, um, do you have any advice or insight on, on, on how they can be more delicate, kind to themselves? 
That's a really good question. I think everyone, of course, processes that differently. For just to share a little story from myself, uh, it was you know all this uncertainty and and you know staying home way more and not getting out. I'm a little bit of an extrovert, so I like to get out and and be connected with people face to face, right? And in this weekend, I just found myself just being, I was just almost like frustrated. I had this frustration inside of me that I didn't even know exactly what where it was from. I knew where it was from. I mean, it was the changing times, but I didn't even know exactly how to deal with it because I couldn't go and and grab a coffee with someone at the coffee shop. I couldn't, you know, go and and go watch a movie at the theater, right? Or anything like that. And so for me, it was this opportunity to figure out, man, I got to figure out how to work through this because this is a long, we're we're in this for now at least, no one knows how long, but for weeks, if not months longer, this, this social distancing component. And I just had to, and I had a chat with my wife trying to figure out how to, how to make this work. And, and so we came up with some strategies and, and yeah, it's, it's working a little bit, but it's being able to figure out in, in, in unique ways, what is it that you need? Because you can't do it the same way you used to. So, so be creative. If that means you need to be outside and just enjoy some sunshine more than you're used to, sunshine, regardless of whether you're normally a sunshine person, it's proven that it helps you feel better, right? The, the rays on your, on your skin, I'm not sure how much sunshine you guys get out west there, but you know, it looks kind of sunny today for you. So it is pretty sunny here in Seattle today. Yeah. So when you've got those opportunities to, to enjoy the sun, even if you're not normally a sunshine kind of person, go and do it. And so for me, I ended up just, I, I needed, we needed to get some groceries anyway. So I went and followed all social distancing you know, policies and I went and got some groceries and, but just being out and about, I really just embraced that time I had in a different way than what I normally, I, I go for groceries fairly often in my life, but this time I kind of embrace it as like, how can I take this moment to go back to that moment side of things and try to pull as much rejuvenation out of it as I, as I can. So that, that would be my encouragement for everyone. They're going to want to do it differently than me. Maybe, maybe it's outside, maybe it's inside. What I, what I would say that we should try to be careful not to do is not, just to get lost in unending Netflix or unending computer games. There's time and place for that. And I get that. I've done some of that already too in the last couple of weeks, but it's so easy to get lost in there. And then that question that you talked about earlier is where do I see myself a year from now or who do I want to be a year from now? I don't think I would want to be the person that said I watched 18 seasons of Netflix shows over the three weeks of, of the pandemic 2020. I'd like it to be something that's a little more value oriented for me and others around me. Hey, watch some Netflix when you need to, but not every, uh, every hour. I, I totally agree as someone who um, I must confess, I did finish the tiger King because everybody is talking about the tiger King. <laughs> um, but you're right. I'm not necessarily a year from now going to say, you know what I'm really proud of? <laughs> I watched the tiger King. Um, so, so I think it is, really valuable to, to say and echo that to folks, you know, go out, get some sunshine, do some reflection, um, set, set some context, look, you know, put yourself a year from now and look back. That can be a really, I think it can be a really powerful exercise. It can also be scary, but I would all, I would also encourage people to do some, some things that encourage the movement of emotions through your body. So write, write some stuff out. If you're, if you're artistic, do some art. If you want to be creative, try some art. Yeah. Um, you know, a blank canvas or a blank sheet of paper can be a real friend um, yeah. to you as you're kind of moving through these times. So I think when faced with new situations and new 
challenges, um, you know, look at yeah. a new canvas. Well, and just to, to flesh that out a little further, I like, I like how you say that and be, try something new, try something new. And you're involved in a lot of change management kind of stuff. And as you know, you know, most of the time people only change who they are when this pain of staying the same becomes, uh, or, or when they say, well, I got I to say this the right way. I haven't said it in a long time. When the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, that's the only time that they right. be willing to change, right? And so this is now an opportunity where you don't need to wait for that pain of staying the same. Like, like embrace the moment to say, hey, like, I can reinvent myself, not reinvent yourself. We all, we all are great people. I can reinvest in myself. Maybe it is reinventing yourself to a certain extent, but uh, embrace who you are, dig deeper into who you are, try something new, change what you need to change because it's a perfect time to do it. That's, thank you so much. That is so, that is uh, so invigorating and restorative to hear. Um, ben, thank you for your time. Before we go, where can people find out more about you tune into you, reach out to you um, to, to, to learn more. So one of the places they can look is on my website where you found that article, which is uh, www.canteraleadership.com. And Cantera is with a C and then one N, one T, one R. Just, you know, you can Google it, it'll show up. You can also find me on LinkedIn. That's my most commonly used social media platform. Just look for Ben Duick on LinkedIn. And then I'm also on Instagram a little bit as well, but you know, really LinkedIn and, and my website are probably the best places and feel free to reach out and connect on LinkedIn and say that you heard my interview on your podcast, Bill, if whoever's connecting and let me know and feel free to ask me any questions or whatever when people do that connection. Thank you so much, Ben. I really appreciate it. And it was really enjoyable to go back through the strengths. I, I, I will say it's, it's so interesting to have it surface in the most unexpected times and um, to see where, you know, we, we do get our strengths. So thank you for walking through those with me a little bit last week. And then in this discussion, um, it's given me, it's given me a new step. So I appreciate that. Well, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on bill and for you all the best in what you're doing. And of course, all your listeners as well during this challenging time, whether they're listening to it exactly during the pandemic or not, I don't know, but if you are stay strong and go and give someone a hug that, is in your house. So it's not yeah. breaking social distancing. Rules. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and you, you as well, Ben, stay safe um, you, to you and your, your loved ones. Um, and I appreciate the time today. Thanks, Bill.